0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo. We're doing a basketball podcast today. Joining me, Chad Markulix. Chad, what's happening?
1: Good to be back. Good to
0: have you back, buddy. And it's also good to have Eric Gibson here. Eric, how are you? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm holding up right now. Uh, I think Lonzo Ball just did a... Was that Lonzo Ball or was that... No, that was Kyle Kuzma. Uh, former future Penn Stater Kyle Kuzma just had a big shot against uh, the Knicks. So that was something. Uh, but no one cares about former future Penn Staters. They cur- care about uh, future former Penn Staters. And this year's Penn State Nittany Lion team sitting at 8 and 3 since the last time we spoke, Penn State has gone 2 and 2. We're not going to really focus too terribly much on the two non conference games it played during that stretch in 85 78. Or- loss at North Carolina State, and then a 74-54 win against George Washington. Instead, we're going to focus on the two conference games that the Nittany Lions played. First up, uh, went to Iowa, took on the Hawkeyes, were able to win... a pretty entertaining basketball game, 77-73. to 73, The Nittany Lions came out on top. Lamar Stevens, Mike Watkins, Tony Carr all played well. A little fun quirk about that game. Nobody from the bench scored. I'm sure that won't be an issue going forward at all. And then after that, uh, lost a tough one at home to Wisconsin, 64-63. Mike Watkins, um, I, I think the proper phrase is he put Ethan Happ in a body bag, but I will let Eric fig- uh, tell me me what the official term was on that one eric uh again won't really touch on the two non-cons unless you want to but what are some general thoughts you had about penn state going one and one during its uh quote-unquote big 10 slate to start the year
2: um you know usually you're know, one-on-one i mean this you know under chambers they've always started slow i mean they had so many years where they started at 0-3 0-4 0-5 but um you know, one to one though still kind of feels a little bit of a disappointment. Um, also because they lost that NC State game um, right before. You know, last time we were on this podcast, we kind of lumped these three games to get those three games together, where um, you know it was really going to get our first look at how this team was going to perform against similar competition. Um, and going one and two in that stretch was kind of it was, it was a letdown for me. Um, I think we kind of settled on that they needed to go two and one if they were going to keep their uh, NCAA tournament pace, you know, as, as far as um, keeping a good record because they have to win so many games with a weak schedule. Um, so they went one and one. Um, obviously, the positive is, is going on the road, going out to Iowa City and leading wire to wire. Um, and then the negative is, is coming back two days later um, against a Wisconsin team that um, is really struggling, uh, and they had a, a good chance to, uh, you know, get a home win, you know, kind of get rid of some demons there. I know Chambers hasn't beaten Wisconsin in his tenure here. Um, you know, and like you said, Mike Watkins was really their player of the week. Um, the last three games he has been dominant. Um, really seems like he's turning a corner. Completely outplayed Ethan Happ, you know, an All-American type player, really the only solid player on Wisconsin's team, and they still lost. So, um, you know, that game was really frustrating. Um, they they kind of fell into some old habits where they just kind of got bullied into playing Wisconsin style, uh, real slow. They did try to press a little bit, but there wasn't um, there wasn't a sense of urgency. I felt like, and there wasn't that leadership out on the floor. Um, that they wanted to win. I mean, they they wanted to win, but you know what I mean? They, they were just like going through the motions. I felt like sometimes at some points in the game, um, and Tony Carr ended up having probably his worst game in a Penn state uniform. I think, um, even including last year. I mean, I, he's had, he definitely had some bad games last year as a freshman, but, um, and, and I was, I was disappointed on the assist, the insistence of Penn state's offense to continue trying to get him going. Um, you know, they, they, they basically, uh, he didn't really move the ball much. It, it, it was kind of like opposite of what Chambers sometimes preaches in the media about how they need to move the ball, they need to share the ball, they can't be a Batman and Robin show, that kind of thing. But in this particular game, um, you know, Carr started out slow. He missed a couple of, of good layups early, and then it was just like their whole focus was on getting him going and running him off some curl screens um, or, or that kind of thing, and he ended up just kind of forcing the issue. And, and it really snowballed on him thought he really kind of he definitely got rattled mentally uh didn't really he just didn't look himself um which ended up being frustrating later on because in the second half they kind of continued with the same game plan trying to get tony going while they had mike Watkins having kind of the one of his best performances in a State uniform now Watkins isn't the kind of guy who can create his own offense i mean a lot of his offense comes on lobs you know pick and rolls um get them in transition.
0: He'll do the occasional back to the basket thing, and that's all drilling, yeah. but...
2: Yeah, but that was what was so frustrating. So, you know, they, they were sluggish in the first half. Um, they ended up... I think the halftime deficit was six. Um, and then they came out of the second half and still looked lethargic. It was, you know, obviously, Chambers. whatever Chambers was trying to do, it was not sticking with the players. Um... And Ethan Happ ended up picking up his third foul, like real early in the second half, and sat for about five or six minutes um, until he came back in with like ten minutes left. And Wisconsin was actually able to increase the lead. And and I, you know, I actually rewatched the game. I don't even think Watkins ever got a post touch against um, Wisconsin's freshman, who was like skinnier than Donovan Jack, um, who they were going to redshirt this year. I forget what his name is. Um, that seemed hey, like boy, a chance verse. for him. Yeah, Royvers or whatever is that what was close enough? Whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they never even gave him a post touch, and never gave him a back to the back to the basket touch against that kind of guy, who you would think he'd be able to overpower. So that was really frustrating. Um, you know, so so as far as like general thoughts, um, you know, I think right now this this is looking you know as as good as they've looked. They're still inconsistent, um, and considering how the schedule's shaping up. You know, everyone wants to talk about the NCAA tournament. This is looking more and more like an NIT team. So, depending on where your expectations are, that's that's probably going to be a disappointment for a lot of people. Um, but at the same time, it's still mid December. Um, there's still plenty of basketball to be played. There's only they've only played 11 games. Um, but you know, there's definitely some doubt there on whether they can win and go 11 and 7 or 12 and 6 in the Big Ten, which is really what it's looking like because their schedule's just that bad. So.
0: We'll see, Eric and Chad. This is really a question for both of you. What was the first word that popped into your head against Wisconsin when Mike Watkins attempted a three? <laughs> well, well one, the shot clock was running down. So honestly, he, he was I wasn't... like wide open, and he was kind of just standing there. And he's shown, like on free throws, that he is a, a passable stroke. So this is a yeah. family
1: podcast, so I <laughs> won't no say it.
0: Is it? <laughs> I guess Dan's he just... not here, so yeah, we are uh, we are a family podcast.
1: Now I we all do that this. I make my see? I make my little cousins listen to it on repeat. They can't they can't figure out what they're listening to. But how just, old are your little you know, cousins to, by chance? My imaginary little cousins are like five and six, so I just make sure it's it's running all the time, so they gets the uh you know the, the counts us. <laughs> That's As funny. you can they probably
0: don't. guess based on the fact that he appears on every episode of the Penn State Basketball Podcast, Chad's pretty sick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I the, the way that Watkins, like, he, he just looks so comfortable against Hap, which considering how, like you mentioned, Eric, Penn State looked uncomfortable for basically that entire game, it... It was just so refreshing to see him go in there and just not play scared and, uh, you you know, all that against one of the best players in the conference. Uh, Before we uh, talk about the end of the Wisconsin game, which I think we have to talk about very quickly, uh, Chad, we didn't really touch in the Iowa game too terribly much, uh, but that was really the first game this year where I felt like Stevens, Watkins, and Carr all played really, really well. Even though you know Tony Carr didn't have his best shooting performance, and Mike Watkins had four fouls and uh, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I I thought that was you know Iowa's not having a great year. They're struggling putting everything together. I mean they had the talent. Uh, they ended last year pretty strong. Tyler Cook's a, a great player. Jordan Bohannon's a pretty good guy to have, you know, just a, a three-point gunner like that. Um, and you know, I mean, they're they're a they're a big team. They're not totally green, like you know. I mean, they were they're kind of the same boat as Penn State was last year. A lot of freshmen uh, who became sophomores this year. And so I thought, you know, I thought on the whole that was a pretty impressive win. Like they, they, you know, they never trailed on the road. That that's when's the last time that happened to a Penn State team in the Big Ten, um, and. I mean, they look like the better team though, and and they they took every punch that Iowa gave them, um, and responded every single time, um, which is what made that Wisconsin game so so disappointing. Like they just showed. I mean, I was I was I don't really get upset with Penn State losses. That's you know I'm, I'm kind of used to it by now, but seeing like just the way they played against Iowa at Iowa, and then for them to come back and lay that that a against Wisconsin, they just didn't show any fight for. For thirty five minutes and came back and finally gave it a shot um yeah I mean it, it, it was it was a weekend of like the best of the best and worst of Penn State because you can see like they're they're very talented they can they can win on the road in the big ten they're that good, but they just don't have you know it, it's still to some extent it, penn State and them and the the mentality is still there I think and it and it kind of shows on in games like that against Wisconsin where they take punches and, and they don't have responses right away and they, and they fall asleep on defense or stuff like that. And um, it just puts them behind on the eight ball now. And there's just none there. I mean, they're, they're good enough to win 10, 11 games in the big 10, but there's just not enough opportunities anymore to, to get them the wins they'll need to get to the tournament. I don't think,
0: I, I mean, well, there's still opportunities. Yeah. I will. We'll touch on that in a second. I, I I've thrown an agenda together and I think we should probably, uh, I should probably send it to you guys. So I'm going to do that here in a second, but what, well, <laughs> As all of you can tell our faithful listeners of the Basketball podcast, we put a lot of hard work and planning into this. Uh but yeah, I mean, when I'm when I watched the Wisconsin game, it just seemed like it it just seemed like Penn State was kind of getting caught up in Wisconsin wanting to make that game really gross and really ugly, which compared to the Iowa game where Penn State seemed like it wanted to go out and set the tempo and be the team that dictated the terms of play that that was kind of what surprised me. I mean, it is still a team that it's three best players are two true sophomores, and uh Mike Watkins, who is uh, you know he's still a young guy, still young in his basketball career. So it's going to have nights like this, but that was what I found so disappointing about that game. Uh, what I wasn't as terribly disappointed with was how it ended and it seemed like uh there were you know there were probably understandably a lot of people who were unhappy with the way that game ended penn state gave the ball to tony carr uh basically told him to win the game said tony you're the team you're our best player go out there hit the shot that wins this game for us missed a three with you know a second left 64 63 uh Chad, I'm going to start with you. Uh, wh- what did you think about that final possession? Did you like having Tony uh, take the pull-up from three? Did you want to see Penn State do something different in that moment? Just what were your thoughts on that?
1: It's it's uh, small potatoes compared to the rest of the game, but I have very little issue with how Chambers handled that. Um, he had a timeout to take. I like that he didn't take it. I like that he didn't. You know, they don't let Wisconsin get set. Um, I like having the ball in Tony Carr's hands. Obviously he's been Penn state's best player all season. Um, you know, he's six, five. I like him to get in the lane uh, and know that it's a one point game and he has the ability to drive and, and either need to draw a foul or, or get to the rim and score or dish. And, uh, you know, instead I think he, he had the uh, little bit of a storybook fantasy moment and Decided to take him off balance three. It was ill advised, but I, again, I don't have a a problem so much with the way it it came down to that shot. It's just, I mean, the shot was not was a it was a, it was a bad shot, no question about it. But um, I don't I don't mind Chambers taking a timeout or not taking a timeout there at all. And uh, I don't think it's really it's really not that important because I mean, the grand scheme of things, Penn State had so many more opportunities to win that game, and they just uh, I, I mean, off night whatever happened, just the way they they hand they approached that game was was off to begin with. Um, but the the end of the game is not the issue there at all, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's just easy to point to that instead of, you know, the fact that they got off to such a slow, sluggish start. They weren't able to really ramp, ramp things up until a little bit later in the game. But, yeah, I'm with you, Chad. I like the fact that in those late-game situations, you let your players decide how it ends instead of, getting them out of some kind of a rhythm or whatever rhythm they might be in because Penn State was playing well down the stretch there and saying, okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to stop everything. We're going to draw up some play. It's probably going to be something that we've been doing all night and just having things implode. I mean, this is literally a debate that is kind of going on in the NBA right now uh, because of uh, my father, LeVar Ball, neither here nor there. Eric, what were your thoughts on the final possession?
2: Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I can tell you in the heat of the moment, I definitely was looking for, you know, I was definitely disappointed that the Chambers didn't call the timeout only because Ethan Happ wasn't in the game. Um, and again, it goes back to Watkins not really being a focal point of the offense, even though, um, he was really, I mean, his confidence was, he was the only one that was confident out there, um, that I thought, I mean, Reeves was making plays late too, but, um, that play just kind of, you know, they, it was it was off a missed free throw. Carr got the rebound. And, you know, Carr's always cool and nonchalant at the time. But I felt like that, that this time it kind of bit him a little bit because he, he hesitated coming up the court. Um, so, you know, on the replay, you know, obviously a lot of this is hindsight bias. So, you know, that's why I try not to to criticize too much because um, I'm not surprised Chambers didn't call a timeout because he usually doesn't call a timeout because he doesn't want to have to waste time or risk not being able to get the ball in Tony Carr's hands off an inbounds play. Um, so so in hindsight, no, I'm not too upset about the timeout, but Carr took too long get, coming up the court. So by the time he got past the midline, it was like there's only eight seconds left. Um, and then they were going to set up that that two-high, you know, double-high ball screen. And um, and Watkins didn't come up for the double-high ball screen because he knew he had Dimitri uh, trice on him so he had a huge mismatch posted up Tony's waiting for the screen because you know Tony's pretty much been coached to go make a play and like I said he kind of was carrying that pressure all game of Tony you need to score Tony you need to score um, so Tony didn't see Watkins until it was too late and then at that point it was like he had to shoot it and that's I don't want to say he panicked but it was just he was running out of time so I guess I mean yeah I guess he did panic and he, and he took a a terrible shot, and as soon as it left his hands, you know I've I've seen Tony Carr play a lot of games, and he's usually been a late game playmaker. But I knew as soon as you shot that, that was that had no hope, and um, so that was frustrating because they made such a spirited comeback. But honestly, what was more frustrating is Lamar Stevens' turnover. Like two possessions before that, when Watkins um, destroyed Trice, uh, like Trice took a terrible shot, and Watkins easily blocked it. Gets the rebound, brings it in the front court. With like a minute left, and passes it to Lamar, who just <laughs> acts like nobody's behind them, and like that was that was more frustrating for me um, than the very last possession. But but like Chad's point is earlier, that game was so much frustrating, uh, much so much more frustrating from the first 30 minutes of that that game until they made that um, comeback. You know, the press wasn't effective. There was no sense of urgency, and then all of a sudden, it was like. I think it was it was really Shep Gardner who really got him going. Shep hit a couple of shots um, that were that were also not great shots, but he made some drives, hit some mid range shots that finally got their offense going a little bit and let let them set up the press, um, and then they and they finally were able to make that comeback. But
0: yeah, yeah, it wasn't
2: all in that last play.
0: Yeah, it's just easy to point to that. I mean, yeah, Tony does. taking it. Tony, Tony taking a not great shot. I mean. Like you mentioned, he did, yeah, it's easy he did to criticize. He he did look a little bit like concerned and whatnot, but not neither here nor there. I I right now I want to talk about uh something that we discussed, you know, we were talking about it on the site, uh we discussed it on the podcast, all that stuff. And that was hyping up this stretch of three games. I, I one of you mentioned it before the podcast. Uh I mean, at the beginning of the podcast, as this being kind of the stretch that will define Penn State's season. Uh, not define Penn State's season, but let us learn what this Penn State team is. They ended up going 1-2, and two, uh, which obviously is a negative, They, especially, uh, you know, Wisconsin loss that keeps looking uh, worse and worse as Wisconsin is, you know, they have their, what, Two for their last seven, so that's very reassuring. Uh, yeah, and no, then they just
2: had some injuries, so they're going to even be even worse. Very good.
0: Uh, that's exactly what you want to hear. Uh, so Eric, when you looked at this stretch, on the whole, like is disappointment the word? Is uh, you know, anger? Are you, are you angry, upset, or, or are you like optimistic? You know, Penn State was two points away from beating Wisconsin. A uh, close game against nc state that they you know boat race them for the first i don't know five five or so minutes of that game went to iowa because there are some positives here but do the positives outweigh the negative of one and two with losses to nc state and wisconsin
2: yeah i mean it's tough um you know for me i usually try to keep um a level head in perspective because like i said there's still 20 more games to play um You know, and they still have a chance to rattle off some wins. It's just more of this, I think this this three-game stretch was more of like, you know, the proverbial litmus test. Um, All three games were winnable. And, you know, for them to show that they they could potentially turn a corner this year, I thought they had to win at least two of them, if not all three. Um, And the fact that they came up short in two of them, kind of, you know, it does temper your expectations. It does you know, leave some somewhat of a disappointment in your, you know, in your head because that Wisconsin game is going to haunt them for a while, especially if they do, you know, go on some streak in the Big Ten. They do make a run at the bubble. Um, that's going to be a game that they're going to look back on and be like, we we should have should have played better, should have won that game. Um, you know, obviously you can also make the case, you know, Wisconsin was coming off a, a humiliating loss, you know, so they, they kind of refocus on how to, you know, Kind of a different mindset that Penn State did, you know, coming off of an exhausting, wire-to-wire win on the road. Um, but, but yeah, I'd say it's it's it, it's disappointing, but it doesn't definitely doesn't define their season, which I know you correct yourself. But um, yeah, my bad. There's there's plenty of there's plenty of basketball to be played, but just right now they haven't shown that they're going to be able to turn a corner this year, and that's what's a little agitating. I don't. I mean, I don't know what word you want to use, but
1: Chad, Ch- <clears> do you agree with that? I'm lamenting that loss a lot. Uh, I would feel so much better if we would have won that game. I mean, just uh it's so so goddamn frustrating.
2: Well, the the NC the other thing with the NC like if, if we want to go back to the yeah, NC that state too. game. That too. Yeah. They started 11 nothing
0: and they were
1: yeah. like
2: rolling
0: and it
1: was like oh both, this is going to be Both were both were bad losses no And question. then NC yeah.
0: state they just get like thermonuclear hot and they're throwing in threes with their eyes closed and it just seemed like Penn State wasn't like mentally prepared yeah that,
2: that was happening. frustrating too like yeah I do remember that like in the first half we started uh to press and the way they were able to beat the press and get Penn State out of the press is they started just reining in these threes that Sam Hunt guy um who if you look at his numbers like we, we talked about he's like a Shep Garner um, he was Shep Garner when Shep Garner would, you know, we've seen Shep Garner get hot in some games, but that, that guy was hot I and mean, I think he was like 4 for 5 or something in the game. Um, I will say though, I think NC State actually has a chance to maybe surprise some people. Uh, you know, they're not going to be a tournament team but I can see them winning like 7 or 8 ACC games, um, which means a heck of a lot more than winning 7 or 8 Big 10 games this year, which is what Wisconsin's looking at um, and yeah, so, I don't know. It's it's just, um, they're just going to have to prove that they can be consistent and they can bring um, the, the stellar play that we've seen this team play. I mean, we, we haven't even touched on the George Washington game. You know, granted, it's George Washington. Um, you know, they're not the best team, but they also beat Temple. Um, they also came into the, this game this past weekend went on a three-game win streak. And Penn State ran them out of the gym in the first 20 minutes of the game. They had, like, a 30-point halftime lead. And that was probably one of the best stretches of basketball they've played oh, yeah. this year. Yeah, so the, way they won. Like, the
1: way they won was was very impressive. I and, thought.
2: you know, and it was frustrating because it's like you're watching it, and it's, as fun as it was, it was like all it made you think of is, like, where the heck was this against yeah. Wisconsin? <laughs> you know? like yep. So it's it's just, like, I, I don't want to have a roller coaster season like that where they just tempt us and they never get over the hump. Um but, you know, again, plenty of time to, to correct it. And the Big Ten is still down. It's still, you know, they're, the opportunity still is a, still exists for this team to have a winning Big Ten record. Um, you know, they are still projected on Ken Palm to win 21 games. They're still in the top 40 of Ken Palm. Um, Fifth best team you know, in the Big I mean, Ten by Ken Palm. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see going forward. I mean, you know, if we want to talk about it, we should we should touch on the bench um, because, oh, well, you know, other we, than. We will,
0: tra- will definitely talk about that. Don't worry.
2: Yeah, because I mean, well, I mean, let's just talk about it right now. Because fine, yeah,
0: fine, Eric, you if you want anarchy in the podcast, have anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this right, so
2: I mean, others than Jamari Wheeler, there's really nothing that's been proven on the bench yet. Um, you know, like, I mean, and even Jamari Wheeler doesn't even Jamari, like to
0: score. He is a very for how much fun he is, and for how like actually important of a role he has. Uh, I, I'm looking at his numbers right now. He's hitting 43% of his free throws. He's two for 13 on threes. G- he, if you ha- need him to get buckets at any
1: time. Oh, no, all ha- right. no, his impact is handling the ball and playing defense. He's a great defender already. Um, you know, he's not, now, again, he's not like a, a great shooter yet. His for, I think his form oh, is, I think he is can workable. Be. Yeah, he can be, I agree. He can be, um, and he's, he's a really good passer. Uh, for where he is right now, you know, just a freshman playing in, what, 12 games. Um, you know, the, the shooting will come along. The He's got to cut down turnovers a little bit. But, like, you know, he, he belongs to the Big Ten. He's a Big Ten player for sure. Um, so he's a nice find. But, yeah, the, I mean, the rest of the bench is just, like, I, I, I long for Peyton Banks. I long for Terrence. No, no, Whoa, no. did you not see what Peyton no. Banks
0: did yesterday? No. Uh, well, well, hold on. No. I mean, you, you
1: wouldn't be starting anymore. He'd be coming off the bench. But, like. You would rather have Peyton Banks than
2: no. You're right. Peyton Pay- would be able to provide at least something, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, um, yeah on, I think right I, now I think
0: the score from yesterday against FIU. Oh, who cares? He had zeros. Yeah, we know he's, he's terrible. being asked to too of much. Terrible. He's not a star. Uh, we know that. Oh, I, yep. I am a I am the podcast most vocal Peyton Banks supporter, and I always have been, and that is a cross that I bear. But that was just a beautiful box score. I apologize. I find that very cool
2: yeah you know, we've seen Peyton play terrible games like that before so whoop de doo do um, but uh, I think the big concern right now is is w- what do they have in nas bostic you know they were hyping him up um, coming in this year that he would be the sixth man and um, he looked good against you know the lower competition that they he looks played very like, good
1: against, against over- against low majors yeah. but
2: yeah. you know this was a three game stretch for him um, he didn't do too much against uh NC State and then he only got 15 total minutes in the two Big Ten games and then he got suspended for the game this past Saturday so um, not sure what's going on there and and he's definitely look I mean again he's still young I mean I know I mean there's some merit there when Chambers is like well he didn't really play last year and he's right so he's kind of like uh, still green but there's, he's got to be able to do more than what he did um, this past week for this team they definitely need to be able to go seven or eight deep especially with how effective the press is you know as great as the presses look they're going to run themselves ragged um trying to press every game with only six players so we'll see what happens there and then of course we've got our, our two favorite bigs off the bench and julian moore and satchel pierce Hell yeah. and um yeah <laughs> not <laughs> I, great I we, yeah <laughs> uh at least Mike Watkins is able to play 30-some minutes a game now. Yeah, thank
0: yeah, God Mike, for him. Mike, uh, Mike playing 34 minutes against Wisconsin, 36 against Iowa, and uh, well, 26 against NC State. But those first two that I said were very reassuring.
2: Well, he plays 30-some against George Washington too, right? He did, yep. Uh, yeah,
1: 30 so, he, so so Satchel has two DNPCs CDs in the last two games. Uh, Julian Moore's knee is still obviously bugging him. He's, he's on a some kind of man's restriction or, or, you know, limited basis availability. Um, It's not great that we're leaning on Mike, especially considering, I mean, Satchel's there. Satchel is a, he's played D1 basketball before. Uh, He's not totally inept, but so, I mean, something's up there. I don't know what it is, but something's up. That's
2: true. Yeah. Satchel has fallen out of the rotation. Um, But honestly, like, I I don't, It just, just, I don't think he's got the athleticism. I, I, I just, he's too slow-footed. He, he can't get off the ground.
1: Um, he doesn't seem you know. to be able to use his, his size for, you know. Exactly. He, he's not, he's not a yeah. very. He, he doesn't play like he's seven foot two fifty at all. Nah. Yeah, uh,
0: at yeah. no point have I really felt like he's been at, trying to impose himself, which. I don't think he can. Yeah, yeah I was gonna
1: say. Yeah, I don't, him to. That way. I don't well, think no, he Well, no, I mean, like even
0: to... on, even just like on the glass or something, yeah. I haven't felt like he's. Well yeah, and that goes back to
2: like he doesn't really he can't get off the ground. And yeah. um you know, hopefully you hope he can put a body on somebody and keep people, you know, boxed out. But yeah, he's he hasn't been able to provide too much. And and you know, like I said, we, we kind of it's not too surprising. Um but honestly I I, I like to see John Harry get some more minutes. Um, you know, granted, just because I, I just feel like Julian and and um Sad, so just kind of we we know what we're gonna get with them, and they've kind of have
1: more- to get Hara uh, and and Buttrick more minutes just to see what they are, you know, like yeah, and yeah. and if and if you know, Stash and Julian aren't gonna give you enough, uh, and Zemgulis too, like just you have to get them out there and get them time, like these these next two weeks are huge for for those two guys just to oh, get them, sure. get their feet wet and and hopefully see what you know maybe they're maybe they'll show something in games they're not showing in practice if they're not earning minutes in practice just. You have to yeah. try something because the bench is not given nearly enough right now.
2: But yeah, Julian's a fifth-year player. He bites on every pump fake. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's so. Fr- and then he like he will he'll still boot like layups and just it's it's very aggravating. And, and imagine, you know, I don't wanna, imagine I don't where really,
1: this team would be without Mike. Try to imagine where it would be oh, without
0: Mike. That's not let's not even think about <laughs> that. why why, why, is, why would you why would you do that? Why,
1: Chad? We had we had a discussion uh, in our Slack room the other day about. Uh, the big men that Penn State has had compared to the rest of the Big Ten and oh my god it is <laughs> it's not pretty. I mean how many there are so many other big men in the Big Ten I would take in the past like five, ten years over our big or Penn State's big man. Yeah, like, even
2: very, time. very average big men would be Luka than... Mitchovic.
1: Give him to yeah. Me.
2: yeah. So Mask and all. So yeah, other than Jamari man the bench the bench has got a you know, and we knew it was this concern coming in the season, but they got to get more from them um, if they're gonna play this thirty-one game schedule,
0: and especially you know they've been at their best when they're busting out that press where they're just ramping it up to eleven and telling telling guys to just fly around all the time. Like that, that is something that like deep down has me really worried that you know they're going to start falling behind in games from so they're tired, which leads to them having to bust that out, which leads to. You know, after that stretch of Minnesota, Northwestern, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Michigan State, they get a little bit tired and sputtered down the stretch. But uh, it's also, I, I don't know, like, what? what is the answer, Chad, if there is an answer other than um, prayer and spending a little bit money, more money on a training and recovery staff?
1: Uh, see if you can get Miles Dredd to enroll early. That's my that's my solution. I hope they're really I honestly got honestly, got I hope they're doing their due diligence on that and seeing if they can get in the graduate early because like what else can they do? I don't know. I have no clue. It's it's just going to be a, it's going to be a six seven man rotation all year the rest of the year and it's and you can do it. But it's it's a challenge yeah. to try to win with that that kind of rotation.
0: Eric, do you see uh, do, do you see any possible solutions to uh, the issue facing Penn State right now?
2: well I mean really it
0: just it's I think that of, noise kind of sums it all up so yeah dude yeah. It's,
2: it's, it's all like in the freshman's If somehow you know obviously Buttrick and, Her- and Hera, it's not surprising that they're not ready now maybe they can make strides in practice and be able to give them five ten minutes down the road um, you know I do think Jamari's offensive game is going to get better he's kind of like suffering from the Tim Frazier um, syndrome of just not wanting to shoot but uh, but I think the kid the kid's gonna be able to score um, at a certain kinda, point. He's just got...
0: Yeah, well, at a certain point with him, I think he's going to get to a point where just no one can stay in front of him. It'll it'll click. It'll click yeah, with him.
1: With I'm, yeah, uh, he's just he I just has fra- he has freshman jitters right now, and he's still trying to figure out where he fits in this team. And uh, so, it mean, happens this quick, year, though. Yeah, it, God God willing, it if it
0: happens this year. this year, sure, I'll be. Over the moon. Well,
2: you know, I'm I'm talking like five six points a game. I'm not talking. I'm talking
1: sophomore year, Tim Frazier. Yeah, take that and beat. Yeah.
2: Oh, I think that that could be his future. Now, I'm just saying for like what we're talking about now with the what what can can they get from the bench now? I think he can definitely bring five six points a game off the bench. I just hope it happens, you know, this year, uh, especially with his three point shot and he actually looks for it and shoots in rhythm threes, because I think he takes good threes, and honestly, I don't think he's never, you know, we, we sit here and we see some of the past shooters from Penn State with, like, Peyton Banks. You never knew if you're going to get a banked three oh, or Jamar, an air Jamari's ball. Jamari's form looks like J.J. Reddick's compared to some of the other guys we've seen. That's what I'm saying. Jamari's comfortable shooting the ball, and he, and he's on target most of the time. He hasn't had any terrible His, misses.
1: The three he, took, he, the three he took and made against G-Dub looked I mean, that was good. That's what I want to see. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, and look at Reeves. We said the same thing about yeah. Reeves, and and he's now become he's
1: close a, to a forty percent three point shooter. By the way, having a just a fantastic year, Josh Reeves. Yeah, I feel like we're not talking about yeah. him enough, but
2: yeah, we do need to give some love to Josh Reeves. Do, do, do you want let's, to do that, do that yeah, now?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to do that now? Yeah, let's absolutely. Now.
2: I, I'm I'm blown away at his connection with Mike Watkins because I feel oh, like yeah, yeah, it, it, their two man game is better than like. Tony and Mike's two main That's
1: games. that's their go to play when they need to block out, especially out of the half, out of the second, yeah. coming in the second half. Like that, they always run that little pick and that, roll. That on pick and way roll with, from the with, slot with yeah. uh, Josh and and uh, Mike Watkins. It's, and he and it's so effective. Mike, he always yeah. looks for Mike. He always yeah. finds Mike, and Mike always mm-hmm. converts.
2: It's. They could have made that last possession of Michigan. I fun
1: question: is, is
0: Josh Reeves a pro? No, the way uh, he defends. You know what I think? I don't think. Uh, I think he if. The only way he would Briante make it to the ever. NBA, the only way he makes it to the NBA is if he suddenly becomes a dead-eye three-point shooter, and, ah. you know, like a team like the Spurs, or uh, a team like the Spurs that just turns players into super-duper megastars, or you get, like, a team-higher a team Sam Hinky. Like those he's,
1: are he he is like I mean he's he's a, a an elite defender we all agree. Yeah, I with say, right?
0: honestly, I think he could. I
2: think, now that Chad's like posed the question, I'm starting to warm up to it already. Just because he does have the his, athleticism. His
1: decision making is so much more improved this year. Well, he's turning the ball over at like 11% of possessions. That's way better than he's ever been in his career. Shooting uh, 64% from two point range, 38% from three. Not a high volume, but and I he mean, still can't if, shoot
2: layups right handed.
1: Right, yeah. right. You know, well, if he, I mean, he's, he's running in his, yeah. he's he's gro- He's definitely growing, and he's you can tell he's an upperclassman now. And he looks, he's he's been fantastic this year.
0: It, like that's the thing. He he's not especially great at dribbling with his or doing much of anything with his right hand. Did you
1: did you not see the one move you pulled off? We got to the rim, and and Mike slammed it home. He missed. Oh my the layup, God, that but, was like, rid- it was ridiculous. Weird. I've never seen him do something like that. I, I didn't know like, he had that or, ball, ball handling. That's yeah.
0: that's more the thing. Like you can tell this year that. Ball handling especially, he just seems exponentially more comfortable than he's been at any other time during his Penn State career. Yeah, he, he and the th- cut his turnover right in half. Yeah, and the big thing with him is that the first two years, and, and there were moments basically in the second half of last year where he wasn't doing this, but his favorite move seemed to be, okay, so right now I'm going to get into the lane, and then I'm going to jump, and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do after that. And he just hasn't... What like, That aspect of decision making has just been He's, he's still better. prone he's to still, that every once in oh, a while Oh, he's still prone to it every once in a while But compare that to, you know It was a two, three times a game thing He's, he's very much years, reined that yeah. in
1: Over the past yeah. year Yeah, he's definitely grown in that in that aspect for sure And then of and course he's I mean, right now his, his already is 130.1 Like, yeah. he's top 100 Efficiency, efficient player in the country. Yeah, and it's there is not amazing. enough
0: like praise I think we could heap on his defense. Like, he is the spark plug of this team. Well, I mean, he's kind of the heartbeat of this team. The spark plug of this team might be more Jamari because when they bring him in, like, they start, you know, everything gets ramped up a little. But
1: Pat, as before, John- the, before the GW game, Pat said that they had they were looking for a leader. I, I'm shocked yeah. it's not like he didn't sing about Josh Reeves it seems yeah. like. The energy he brings and and his attitude would be like a perfect leadership kind of guy. But, I mean, Pat knows more than I do, obviously. It
0: always seems like when Penn State is in that little stretch where, you know, they're down by 8, they're down by 10 maybe one or two things need to go right for them to get back into a game. Josh is the guy who is doing those one or two things that, you know, cuts it down to a two-possession game, whether it's forcing steals and then getting layups, whether it's just defending guys close, whether it's connecting with Mike, something like that. And I I don't think we can, like... It, I don't think we can really sh- say, like, how important his role could end up being on this team because he's the guy that... Like you said, Chad, if Penn State needs a leader, I feel more comfortable with him kind of taking that role than anybody else on this team. Even if, you know, Tony's the point guard, you want to see that out of him, and you want to see him kind of, you know, take control of things on a nightly basis.
1: Yeah, Tony doesn't have to be the leader per se. He just, yeah. I mean, he has to he has to play his game, and he's been very good at it so far. this. I mean, the Wisconsin game was an aberration, I think. Um, you know the the way he's been passing the ball and shooting it from three. I mean, clearly he's he's, he's the guy. He's our he's our best player. He's our what, baby. And, what game uh, was an aberration? <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin, the Wisconsin game. We went
0: five for, for, for twenty-two Reeves? or whatever.
1: No, for no, Tony. for, for Tony.
0: Tony. Tony. Oh, okay, my bad. But my even bad. but like that's the crazy thing about Tony. That game was an aberration for him. He had sixteen points and nine rebounds. Like an aberration for yeah. him is still like a not horrific <laughs> night.
1: On how uh, many he shots? Used, though. Yeah, oh, 22 shots. Possessions. Yeah, not. Great. He was he was bad that game. He, bad. he would admit I'm not, not going to make right. that
2: point because he just had like again. We were just force feeding him every freaking yeah. possession of that slow game. I'm um, also to
0: be clear, not saying that he was good during that game, but his bad games are better than you know. That reminded bad games me of the worst of the
1: Taylor battle era. Like yes. 2009-2010 uh, season, where it was just and – and the, the, he was the offense like you know, let it go down and run the shot clock down and, and tell her do something that was yeah, yeah. it was bad gave uh, me some bad flashbacks
0: yeah yeah so I, I, I think let's look forward um, I think we're at a point where uh, we've done enough talk about Penn State's roster and done enough talk about the last couple games let's look at we haven't even talked about Stevens sure okay sure let's talk about Lamar go ahead um uh, he
2: uh he's we're on his roller coaster again where yeah. some days he comes out and he looks fantastic and other games he comes out and looks like he's on another planet and he he did not perform well in either of their losses um you know and and I don't want to place it all on him obviously but I know he was he was definitely brutal in the NC State game and then the Wisconsin game like I said that turnover with the minute left was brutal. He picked up two early fouls in the first half and had to sit out, you know, six or seven minutes. Settled for way too many jump shots. Um, I don't think he. I'm looking at the box score. He only took seven shots against Wisconsin. I'm telling you, there were, I think, six of them were all jump shots. I don't think any of them were going to the rim. Um, so when he when he's mo- like when he can recognize and realize he can take his defender off the dribble and get to the rim he is very good but when he doesn't he can be pretty frustrating so it seems like we're gonna for someone who's supposed to be our second score it seems like we're gonna be riding his roller coaster all season yeah.
1: what i Phil, mean, you, can, you can tell when it's gonna have a good game when he's locked in and focused and when when he's off you, i mean it's pretty obvious when he's off yeah and then it's it's almost it, the team kind of like almost feeds off of him i feel like and 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 if he if he's not focused, it's it's a it can be a rough night for ben and, State usually. And and I mean it, the wit they, you know give him credit against Iowa, he he was fantastic. And that shot he hit to kind of oh like yeah. the game that was that was big. Yeah,
2: because that possession was going nowhere, and he yep. took a contested jump shot, and that was actually good. But but I would say that was more because his confidence was wrong because he started working yep. inside out in that game. Because mm-hmm. um, he definitely took them off the dribble many times and got to the rim. Um, against, I don't know if it was Cook guarding him or who was trying to guard him or if it was Nick Baer, but, you know, he had a great game against Iowa. Um, so you're right. Like, that's what I'm saying. So, it's, you know, I just wish we can get a little bit more consistency from him or at least a more consistent effort. Obviously not everyone's going to bring their A game every single night, but um, he, he seems still kind of stuck in that freshman zone where, you know, some nights he's really good and unstoppable, other nights he's, kind of a liability. So hopefully we can get
0: a little bit more consistency from number 11. So let me let me ask this question for you two. on the nights where be, because you're both right, the nights where Lamar doesn't have it are you could usually tell within the first handful of minutes and then you know the rest of the night's going to be a long night. What is the answer for Penn State on nights when Lamar doesn't have his A game and you could tell the next you know, you tell him the first four minutes he doesn't have it, and then the next thirty-six minutes are just, woof! It's not Lamar's night.
1: Everybody's got to step up. I mean, Shep's got to hit threes. Josh Reeves has to play out of his mind. I mean, because they don't. I mean, they don't have a re- replacement for Lamar. Bostick and and Davis and Gools are not going to provide. You know, nobody provides what he can provide. Like the, he's kind of a stretch four at this point, really. You know, he can he can step out. Uh, gets the rim. Nobody else on the roster is like him. So uh, it's it's gotta be like everybody else has to play out of their minds almost to to make up for what he can he can do.
2: Yeah, I'd love to see him develop the up and under on the low block. I feel like every time he gets on the low block he and he, he always tries to shoot over his right shoulder. He always gets he always fades way too much and he shoots that ugly hook shot. He's gotta start setting up for like an up and under man. I think he I think he would be uh, pretty lethal with that.
0: Yeah, I, he doesn't seem like... He seems like his move is get your way in t- Like, get your way to the elbow and then hit a jumper. And then, of course, there are the other, you know, little moves that you just mentioned. But he do- it It would be nice to see him just start, like... I don't know, watch 10 minutes of Joel Embiid film or something like that and watch some crazy footwork and adopt that. But, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of the... That that's quietly one of the big questions that I think this team is facing like on those nights when Lamar is off who is the guy who who kind of provides that shot in the arm that you're going to get because the, one they're not taking Lamar off the court I, I mean even against, uh, against Wisconsin he still played 29 minutes but, but at the same time you kind of have to basically assume that you're not going to. He's not just going to flip the switch at halftime. So, I, I mean, thank God Mike Watkins had a big game because then I don't know what Penn State's front court looks like against Wisconsin if, uh, you know, Lamar and Mike just kind of, just kind of throw things out of there. Um, yeah. Any other roster things that you want to talk about before we talk about uh, the the last four? non-conference games, and then I can't imagine that we're going to do a podcast at any time during that stretch. So, we'll go up to the first two Big Ten games, Maryland and Northwestern.
2: I mean, it's, it's too early to talk about those, but you're right. These next four games are kind of snoozers. Um, George Mason, I don't know if you guys are, see, saw this, they lost to Georgia Southern today. 74-51 to 51 at home. Hooray! So... Uh, Georgia so Southern saying? apparently is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Georgia Southern is actually a top 10 or top 100 Ken Palm team. But, yeah, getting run out of their home gym by a school like that. Yeah, Penn State should uh, yeah. roll. I mean, it's Josh Reese homecoming? So I'm curious to see how Reese plays. You know, Reese can be a very emotional player. Um, so, you know, I think we're going to s- – I think it's a good test for his maturity. You know, instead of like trying to force the issue because he's home in front of all of his family and friends, um, if he still plays the way he's been playing, I'll be pretty encouraged. Um, but otherwise, yeah, these next four games, unfortunately, you know, Coppin State's not even worth talking about. They're one of the worst teams in college basketball. Um, Binghamton is the return of Ben Luber as an assistant coach for Binghamton. Um, wow. They're not really. You know, worth – there's not a whole – Oh, actually, no, J.C. Shao's on that team. You remember J.C. Shao? Oh, there? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, remember I forgot from, he yeah. transferred there. Yeah, he started at Bucknell, and then he transferred to Binghamton. He's, like, one of their best players. So, we'll get to see him. That's kind of cool, but I, I, I would imagine most people on this podcast don't know who that is. Um, and then Ryder will be interesting. I guarantee you there will be a lot of trash talking in the Ryder game because they, they are also made up of a lot of Philadelphia players. Steve um, Jordan. Stephen Jordan, Tyre Marshall. Um, I think that's kind of part of the reason why Chambers scheduled these guys, honestly. Um, So that'll be fun. There'll definitely be a lot of trash talking in that game. Um, But yeah, as far as like, you know, from Penn State's perspective, they should easily win all four of these games. If they don't, you know, stick a fork in their postseason opportunities. It's going to be Big Ten tournament or bust. So, um, you know, their finals week is this week. Hopefully they take care of business there. Uh, Bostic supposed to be back this weekend, um, from whatever that one-game suspension was about. Um, so hopefully, like you know, we were saying earlier, hopefully the bench reserves, like the freshmen, like Buttrick and 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 Hera can get some
0: some run. But um, but
2: yeah, it's a little early to talk about Maryland Northwesterns right. because you know there's still games to be played. Yeah, no, I'm
0: cool with that. Uh, Chad, anything to add?
1: Not particularly. Uh, George Mason doesn't have Marquise Moore. In- more, So I feel pretty good about that. Um, yeah, touch on the I, I mean, Big Ten?
0: yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do this.
1: It's 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 awful. It's worse it's, than it was last time we podcasted.
2: It, I mean, it's it's not well. See, it's just uh, it's just one of those. Like they're just having such a terrible non-conference season um, for for really two reasons. One, the whole league scheduled terribly, and then two, so many of the teams have underperformed. So, it's it's brutal just because in the RPI rankings, there's pretty limited ceilings for so many teams. Like, Wisconsin and Northwestern have almost, like, already killed their NCAA tournament hopes. Um, you know, and for them to, like, get back into the race, they're going to have to go on very long winning streaks. And, you know, Penn State plays Northwestern twice, so it's, like, one of those deals where, you know, you want Northwestern to be a quality pr- opponent in the uh, – the rankings, you know that this is a team that went to the NCAA tournament last year. They have a whole bunch of people back. Um, but because they've had all these early season issues, they're not going to look like a good team on paper. So it's one of those deals where it's, and I was the same way too. I was another team that was supposed to come in, make a run at the NCAA tournament after winning 10 Big Ten games last year. And they've just kind of pooped the bed here in the non-conference. They're four and six, I think, right now. Um, and their non-conference um, their out-of-conference strength of schedule is actually projected to be worse than Penn State's because they scheduled so many 300-plus RPI dogs. Um, so there's another team where, like, if they rebound and they win a lot of games, that's all great. It's going to make make it harder for Penn State, like, you know, to compete. But they have so much ground to make up in their computer rankings that it's still going to look like a terrible team. Um, just because, again, we're about to go into the conference play where all these uh, Big Ten teams are going to be playing each other. It's kind of like you can't really make up ground. So right now, if you look at RPIForecast.com, um, you know which kind of projects out uh, based on the Sagarin Sagarin ratings, you know which team is to finish. There are seven Big Ten teams right now projected to finish with an RPI over 100. So. Not a lot of chances for quality wins. and honestly, it's looking like a four bid league right now, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, you know with a fourteen team big ten league who's had six or seven bids like every year. but um, the way things are shaping up now, a lot of teams gotta make up a lot of ground. and then there's and then there's like you know teams like Ohio State where you know a lot of people are already like hyping up Ohio State because they, they crushed Wisconsin and Madison. Um, now, admittedly, I didn't see that game, so I could be unfair here to be judging them. Um, you know, they they beat that team, and then they came back against Michigan at home. They were down twenty in the first half, and Michigan's had their own issues too. Um, you know, is this Ohio State team actually for real? i going to win nine, ten, eleven Big Ten games because if they do, then they're going to be pretty good. But I'm not, you know, the, just because of that two-game stretch, I'm not necessarily on the bandwagon now. Part of that's because I, I watched them completely collapse against Butler and lose by 14 at home to a good but not great Clemson team. So, um,
0: I don't know. Long story short, Big Ten not looking good. What, what does Penn State need to do? So, let's, you know, they win these next four games sitting at 12-3, and 1-1 one and one mark in Big Ten play. We'll just say Penn State is completely in control of its own destiny. What does Penn State need to do? Because the way you're making it sound, Eric, the projected twenty-one and ten record that it has on Ken Palm with projected ten and eight mark in Big Ten play might not be enough to get them into the NCAA tournament. And at that point, we're hoping for an NIT bid.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. If they go twenty-one and ten, it's I think it's NIT all the way. Um, you know. Now, again, a big issue is where do those wins in conference come from you know i think we touched on this before on the last podcast but um you know i haven't i haven't written this yet i've I've tried like twice haven't been able to really articulate um how the new um committee defines how what a quality win is um but because of how that shapes up the fact that only top 30 rpi um home games are considered quality wins there's only two teams um in the big 10 that are going to finish in the top 30 of the rpi right now which is michigan state and purdue and penn state doesn't play either in the home so they don't really have any home games that are considered you know tier one quality wins um so they're gonna to have to win some road games and and that's you know honestly the big one is the first big tank or the next big 10 game is at maryland um you know the terrapins have talent they should be pretty good um they're gonna make a run at the tournament But that's a game on the road that Penn State's going to have to have because you kind of have at least some quality wins in that first tier that's been redefined with top 30 home games, top 50 neutral games, and top 70 road games. And right now they only have like four top 70 road games, and they already lost that neutral game to Texas A&M. So that's great that you won 21 games in the Big Ten and people think, oh, it's the Big Ten, you're going to get in. Not if none of those games are considered quality wins. So, um, you know, the Big Ten tournament's still going to be huge for this team no matter what, because that's a place you know on a neutral court that they can pick up some quality wins. But um, yeah, it's I mean it's too early to say for sure what's the actual benchmark, but I still think they they should be shooting for at least eleven Big Ten wins um, to give themselves a legitimate shot.
0: Chad, do you agree?
1: I agree. Uh, luckily, there are no bad memories of playing at Maryland, so we should be fine. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean that's an accurate. Eric, why are you laughing? Is anybody? I, nobody's left from that team, right? I don't think. Uh,
2: so no, that's good. Stone's Memories.
1: Gone. No, from from Penn State. Who played? Who lost in that game?
2: Do you not remember like the last New Year's Eve game? At no, I, 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 remember, I remember very
1: Julie, I'm
0: Julian Moore got pushed around. Julian Moore's left. Yeah. Uh, Shep is. I'm saying. is Shep there Shep Anybody else from, there? That,
1: from that team who was playing? Oh, from Penn On State. that team for um, Penn State. I'm, I'm looking right now. I think uh, that's
2: yeah it would just be Jeff and Julian I don't think anybody else Jeff and Julian.
1: Uh, that Penn yeah. State oh, I think no
2: Josh was there. was there Josh was there oh Josh was there that was, was his there. freshman yeah. year
0: uh, yeah because that was Brandon Taylor's senior year
1: oh uh, well, yeah. yeah they all, they, they all beat him last year so it's uh, at, at the BJC so
0: well, fun um, little fact about that game uh, Devin Foster's O rating in 17 minutes <laughs> was zero <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I you know what don't hate I miss Devin Foster dude. oh so do he I was, Devin Foster ruled <laughs>
0: I got, I got so much love out of Devin Foster name-searching and retweeting himself after every Penn spider State Hulk. game. winner. Yeah, lead. spider so, <laughs> yeah uh, Shout-out to whatever Crispin brother uh, was the John one. Crispin. John Crispin, that's right. Made us very happy with that. Uh, yeah, so... Um, with See, guys, how are they playing... I'm looking at this box score. How are they
2: playing so well in this game? <laughs> I don't know uh, how they were like winning Penn- so well. Penn State but- or... Uh, yeah, That's how like, did we have a thirteen-point lead?
0: Like we're looking at these stats. Penn State Davis shot twenty-six percent from three, like that. And then I believe basically every Maryland player, not named Diamond Stone, played really badly, which had, probably had a lot more to do with it.
1: Yep. except percentage was a, was a pretty damn high. Is
0: Diamond like, Stone even playing in the NBA? He's uh, he was. He's on been the in the Climbers. league, I think. Uh, but, yeah, he's in the D-League, I'm pretty sure. He's
1: not, he's not with the Clippers anymore, I believe. I think I saw that. Uh, I he's oh, with, he's so. with the
0: uh, Windy City Bulls. There you go. Yeah, he is a teammate of Zach Levine right now. So. Wait, he
1: can't even crack the Bulls roster right now? And that uh, dude put up 40 points on us? He is... 39? Uh, <laughs> he is teammates. Again,
0: uh, our he... big men have just been... His, t- his <laughs> teammates bad. in the G League are Daniel
1: Ochefu and uh, okay. Wisconsin legend
0: Duhe Dukan.
1: Yeah, uh. yeah. He was, he was in the league for he had a cup of coffee in, in the actual NBA for with a, with a while. The Kangs, yeah. if Good I, for I remember him. correctly. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. I think Ochefu got some run with the Wizards too. Good for them. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, the point of this episode of the podcast is we just Dave wanted to talk. He about... had eight
1: points in that game. Holy <laughs> shit!
0: Sorry. <laughs> probably a career I high
1: god it. it has to be yeah
0: davis and Sorry. donovan jack both had eight Start, points. Uh, yeah. apologies to my cousins who are listening to this i didn't mean <laughs> uh oh god jordan dickerson at 5011 minutes
1: is that the game yeah, donovan got bumped on pretty
0: really hard by uh Wells. yeah donovan had uh oh, 5024 that was the game minutes that. Mind.
1: Yeah. excuse me
0: if there is any solace from this game it's that rashid Suleiman played terribly so
1: I do take solace in that. Thank you. One point. There we go. Hmm.
0: All right. So let's uh, end this episode of the podcast before we start talking about other painful Penn State basketball memories, and this one goes on for a while. Uh, Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this edition of Lions Radio. Subscribe in all the various ways that you subscribe. head on to iTunes, leave us a review and a rating and all that stuff, buy some shirts keep supporting and reading the website and follow us on all our social media channels, I say them all the time so I'm not going to do it now, I have other things to go do one last time, for Eric Gibson, for Chad Markulix, I'm Bill DeFilippo. take care y'all